What is it, brothers and sisters? Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Vessels Podcast. We hope that it is beneficial to you and your faith in some way. And if it is, we encourage you to share it with others because that is how we continue to grow and make an impact. But before we get started with this episode, we just want to make a quick announcement about what we are going to be doing now with The Vessels Podcast slash Ask Us Why that is exciting that we want you guys to be a part of. And that is that with every episode that we drop each week, we will be sending out weekly email newsletters that cover these topics extensively with additional resources that you can use to further your study of these topics. And what's really great about these is that we separate it into watch, listen, and read. And on top of that, for every resource that we give, we give you brief summaries and bullet points of those things so that if you don't have the time to listen or to read or to watch that video, you can just use the takeaways that we've got to take along with you from that. But it covers each of the topics more than just the podcast can and even points you to people that honestly teach it a lot better than we can. And so either way, we made it for you and we hope that you would use it to continue to grow in your faith and that it would be a trustworthy source for you when it comes to learning about topics that are honestly controversial or are really hard to understand where truth lies because we live in a world where there is quote truth everywhere around us. And so with that being said, if you are not signed up with us, we encourage you to go and get signed up. The best way for you to sign up is to head to our shop page, which is askuswhyshop.com. And when you guys sign up, you will get a 20% discount code that goes towards anything of the store. And on top of that, it'll get you signed up for our newsletter so that you will receive those weekly emails. With that being said, we love you guys. Thank you so much for the support that you have given to us. And let's jump into this week's episode. Hope you love it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so happy you are here with us today. Ecstatic. In, um, in the room. Wow, I, I, Christian's got the energy now. When we started technically <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I had none. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. See, the wasted back, like 20 minutes is necessary. <laughs> necessary, but when Christian's 20 minutes late, <laughs> it makes it hot. Christian, you just forgot your coffee mug that late. says we started before talk. 7.15. <laughs> Mm, that explains it. It does explain it. <laughs> explains why you texted me. I yes. was like, Where's what are you talking ball? about? I'm like right here. What ball? That normally goes in that. Oh, I don't pretend because then it'd be super loud when I go like that. It's just water. Why would you put it in if it's just <laughs> to water? To mix up all the iron Where's and the chlorine ball? that they put in. <laughs> chlorine. <laughs> Is that what they put in the aquafina these days? Fluoride. Fluoride. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what dentists um, use? Lead. There was another lead outbreak in another city. I don't know which city it was, but... Nice. Probably Phoenix. Heard about that. <laughs> that makes sense. My tummy hurt yesterday. <laughs> I don't drink hose water. You drink hose water. Do you guys actually do that as a kid? Yeah. yeah. If you drink hose water good. as a kid, you have superpowers. Man. It was good. <laughs> I have an immense immune system because of my ability to drink hose water. <laughs> it was pretty good. It like tasted different. <laughs> you had to let it run for like a couple seconds because it was so hot out of the hose. <laughs> Before you could drink it, it would come out like 150 degrees. Be like, ah, dang it! Burn your mouth. Did you guys uh, ever put your whole mouth on it? 
No, no, we're not. Well, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> what? The water just. Should we restart? <laughs> no, we're going. <laughs> we're going. What? The water just shoots back. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's nothing. It, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> well, anyways. If you guys are new with us, this is the Vessels Podcast brought to you by the Ask Us Why Christian Apparel Company. On this podcast, we talk about relevant topics that we believe are important in today's world. Do a little roundtable discussion. In the room with me, as always, is me, myself, and I, riding solo till I die, because I got me for life, Remy boy, sitting next to me. It's the one and only Christian. Hey, guys. James. Hey. Beatty. Yeah. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting adjacent for me is the one and only Connor Michael Medea. That's me. We have the same middle name. Yes, we do. And sitting right next to us, or sitting across from me, is the one and only Allie Champion middle name. What actually is it? You don't know my middle name? No. It's like a really common middle name for girls. Starts with an M. Uh, M? Yeah. May? Mm, keep mm. going. Mm. Marie. Mm-hmm. Majesty, Ali, <laughs> 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 Majesty Champion. Yeah. <laughs> that actually be pretty sick. <laughs> cool. How are you guys doing in this this room right now? I know Christian's excited, ready to go now. <laughs> Just I had juiced himself. Three more sips of water. So woo. She ups of hose water. Hose water. I'm the uh, yeah. It's hose water. Yeah, Christian or Connor, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. What's the weather like? Uh, pretty cold today, which is nice. Except it's supposed to be up to like 90 again later. Wow. Which then it will yeah, be not weird nice. spike. Weird spike going back up for a little bit. It's kind of dumb. Thank you. Allie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Cool. Great. <laughs> um, all right. So we got a topic for you guys today. It's a little bit of a, a Harvey <laughs> heavy hitter. and uh, <laughs> Not relevant at all. Do people are already mad about it and they don't even know what it's about? If you have any they're complaints. Just, they're just... They're just Racking it up. Please just like, email. Just say it. Connor just say it. Just say it. I don't know. You're going to say it. Just say it. Come on. Just say it. Just say it. I'm ready to throw the punch. I'm ready right now. We're talking about puppies today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Click bait. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a really horrible transition with that. It was not going to be fun because uh, it makes very light of the subject. But anyways, um, no, we are actually talking about homosexuality today. And again, if you have any complaints or you're upset or you're just raging because how, how dare we, you can just email us at connormedea at gmail.com. Let us know all of your complaints there. Um, no, but on a serious note, uh, this is a prevalent topic growing in our culture. Uh, do you guys know any of like the history of like homosexuality in like America? No. <clears throat> No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you the magic like, con shell from Squid SpongeBob. <laughs> Can I have a cheeseburger, please? No. <laughs> Do you mean like legally or? Uh, kind of. I know 2015 was when they legalized. The darkest day in his sex marriage. <laughs> I remember because we were at church camp. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's at CIY. And I was with James Malamus. Shout out James Malamus. And uh <clears throat> forget is o- Ogre Fell, the guy the name of the case. O- oh Ogerfell. yeah. Hodges and uh 
uh, what do they call it? Obergefell? Obergefell? I don't know how to pronounce the name. Obergefell. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Crazy time. Nice. You guys know anything else? Um, I don't know the timeline, but American society as a whole was yeah. very conservative in this regard um, for a very long time um, in that like being gay was, was shunned and looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, I believe there were, there was some sort of, um, I don't know, wrongdoing committed against someone in the gay community in Europe, I believe, mm-hmm. who was injured. And then out of that, um, and this is just coming from like a podcast I listened to. I didn't take notes on this specific part. So I, could be pretty off, but um, so fact check me for sure. But then that like instigated um, a big change in and basically a um, campaign to like normalize being gay in America. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, basically a, a five year plan sort of thing where they would, you know, um, desensitize American culture to the idea of it. And then the next step would be to like change the like definitions of it within like the dictionaries or the health foundations. And then the next step would be to change the laws and then et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that was like, yeah, kind of a progression. Um, and they had this plan to lay it all out and it worked. You know, what's so crazy is that's like the same thing, like the same method as like any ideology, mm-hmm. like, anything and especially right now it's like the things like socialism and communism like those are like the things that they're like trying to start implementing into like the media and hollywood and those kind of things and like trying to desensitize people towards it and try to make it look a little bit nicer and stuff which is kind of freaky but yeah dang <clears throat> i guess uh I, I and i'm not even like a history professor i just was reading up on this article that just talked about like the history of um like this movement for the past like 150 years in america um and yeah for for quite a long time nothing really happened um until it was i believe the 70s there was a huge movement towards trying to um really push this and i don't know if that's when this happened for what you were talking about but the 70s is definitely when it blowed up and so i believe so in 72 was the first cynically ordained gay minister um i cannot remember the name of the church um, I did not write that down, but then there was marches that was all throughout the seventies and the eighties. And then they kind of hit a stopping point when AIDS became really prevalent because obviously like it was plaguing that community. And so that was a chance for the anti-gays to, um, counter protests and use that as saying that like, this is God's judgment, that this is like what God's doing against you. And so from that, uh, it really broke apart the movement. Um, but then they did try a couple more marches, um, didn't really see anything. And so it was kind of like, it was trying to make a growth or it was trying to grow within, uh, America, but obviously it wasn't seeing any major success. And then it was in 1997 that a famous TV show host came out. Do you guys know who this TV show host is? Just take a guess. Ellen. Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. No yep. She came out and that was like the first like celebrity person to kind of like hit the stage right. and be like, I am openly gay. And from that, 
and kind of helped build momentum within like that Hollywood community of influencers and people that have, I mean, she has millions and millions of followers and stuff. And so, um, and she has, you know, a great funny personality. She has a great show. Like I love watching her. And so it definitely was presenting it in a different way that was less harmful than what like people were seeing or people that would assume that like, it's just this like sex sex fest of just you know gross immorality happening it's just like this is absolutely like defiling and stuff um and then from there uh as it continues to grow massachusetts becomes the first state to perform same-sex uh marriages um and then uh obviously you guys saw that uh in 2015 we see the supreme court take this case of obergefell and hodges to uh, conclusion that uh, same-sex marriage is legal in the United States. And then uh, we also see this year Bruce Jenner becoming Caitlyn Jenner, who is an Olympic gold medalist. And so um, that was like also like a huge influence more into the transgender community as well, because that was kind of the start. She was kind of like the the opening of like the curtain, so to say, of like an influencer that was kind of into that stuff. And so... Um, from there, uh, we see kind of this huge transition from kind of being like everyone's like kind of against it. It's this really minority like group of people to like nowadays, like I don't know if you guys remember this past Pride Month, but like every single company and their sister company changed their logo to be the Pride flag. Like it was crazy. Like I, I saw it with like the NFL. I saw it with Apple. I saw it with Google. I saw it with like all these major, major corporations. And so it seems like it's becoming more and more and more normalized, right? This whole culture idea of this. Um, And what's crazy to me is that there are, like for a lot of other countries, it's still illegal to be gay. Makes me actually think of that video (laughs) that we were joking about where it's the the African guy and he he turns (laughs) to the other guy that's like an activist (laughs) and he's like, with me today is my friend. And uh, he like introduces him and he's like, I have a question for you. He's like, yeah, yeah, hit me. He's like, why are you gay? (laughs) He's like, what? He's like, why are you gay? (laughs) It's It's an old vine. It's an old vine. No, it's a video from the news that was turned into a vine. Do not source it from vine. I source everything from vine. Vine is the first primary source. Where do you get your news source from? Vine. Yeah, that's my news source. It makes it easier for citations. It's just vine.com slash. Um, no, but like it's it's still like way different in so many other countries. I think that America is obviously one of the most prominent in like leading this charge. But there's still countries where it's illegal and the, the punishment is like death. A couple of them would be um, Uganda. Uganda had some pretty serious uh, crimes with this. Um, we have Iran. We have Iraq. Um, I think I wrote down one other one. Nigeria. So there's there's those are just a few, but there's like I think still ten as of 2016 that like you can still be murdered if you are gay, so pretty extreme. Um, but for us, uh, obviously, we see this growing movement towards this acceptance of this, um, and we see it starting to come into the church now. And so obviously, as the as like a, you know, in perspective of the world outside of the church we should fully expect them to do such things, right? Like that's just how it is. They have no standard. They have no moral grounds that they really sit on because they don't have anything to fall back on. It's their opinion. It's what their truth is for themselves, right? So like obviously like 
that's going to be a growing movement and like should be accepted by them and, and practiced by them and, and all these things. But when it comes to the church, where do you guys think that we kind of stand with this now? Like, what do you guys think is kind of like uh, the stance the church takes? And when mm-hmm. I say church, I mean, usually like the big C church. So like, what have you guys kind of seen from around about this as far as like the church's perspective on this? Uh, I think it's, it's changing. Not, I, I hope it doesn't, <laughs> but it, I think we're seeing it change in many, you know, churches, mm. um, which is hard. I think this whole, this whole topic is upsetting. Um, not in like an angry way, but like it's, it sucks because I think people now, they, <clears throat> they look at the Bible and they look at Christians as, <clears throat> Um, when you share the gospel with them, when you share, um, the true love of Christ with them, um, especially on this topic, it comes off as like hateful mm-hmm. and like hateful speech. Um, and as, as Christians, as believers, we know that like, this is like the most loving thing that we could do for, for people like who are in Christian circles and who might struggle with, um, with, you know, lustful thoughts and gay thoughts and stuff like that. Um, we can't judge people outside of the church, but for those inside the church and who have these specific struggles, the most loving thing you can do is have them be accountable, um, and share the gospel with them. Um, and so it's, it's upsetting because the Satan's the enemy's trying to twist, um, what the Bible says actually, um, and have people believe something totally contrary to what that is. And so I think, when specific churches are now um, accepting and affirming more, um, there's a difference, I think, between those two things. More affirming, um, you know, the LGBTQ plus whatever the rest of the letters are. Um, When they're openly affirming of those things, I think it's upsetting because um, I think many, many churches, many Christians have become ashamed of what the gospel says um, and ashamed of offending people mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we can get in more to this later, but I think the gospel is an offensive message at its core. Um, and it's not the definition of offensive that we know now. I think it's offensive because it's telling us that we can't do things on our own and that Jesus Christ is the only way to life, um, which is totally contrary to what um, mainstream world believes today. Yeah. So it's frustrating when we see, you know, fellow brothers and sisters believing things that we know to be contrary to what the gospel says. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it stems because <clears throat> they have a foundational understanding that is wrong of what love actually means mm-hmm. um, and not actually incorporating truth with those things. And it's a whole lot of grace and not a lot of truth. Um, and we know that those things must be together at all times. And so to have one or the other, um, it's just, you know, we're a clinging symbol, like Paul says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's difficult. It's a difficult situation for everybody. Um, and I think the worst thing we can do is shut ourselves in and not talk about it, um, which I think a lot of churches are doing. And that's not helpful either. <clears throat> and I think um, the church is, is having to change in certain ways to where this is a topic that comes up and it has to be taught in a way that is helpful because when 
when I was in youth group, like I think this whole kind of thing was just starting. And so the church really didn't teach us anything on this, mm-hmm. um, at least in youth group. And so even when I was leading junior hires a couple of years ago, um, I have a, a quick story about how <clears throat> one of my junior hires is in seventh grade or he was in seventh grade. Um, and he was like upset because there was a gay kid in his class and he was like, like mad at him just for being gay. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a teaching moment. We're going to like understand why, why we're, you know, thinking these things. Um, because obviously that's the wrong mindset just to be upset at somebody just because they're gay. So um, it shouldn't hit you. <laughs> anyway, I meant to I meant to like slide that one in before you added that he was gay. <laughs> like you just were gonna say like we just shouldn't hate people, and I was like, so I shouldn't hate you. <laughs> you added that last part, so that was not uh, that was not timing. an attack on. <laughs> Anyways, so my junior hire, he's like, there's this kid at my school, and you know he's gay, and he tries to hang out with us, and it upsets me. I'm like, okay, let's try and understand this because it shouldn't upset you. <laughs> The sin can upset you, but it shouldn't upset you just because he's around you all the time. Um, And so I try to help them understand this because I think this is also something that most Christians don't understand and something that's very helpful um, with this specific situation is I ask them, since they've known me, my junior hires, for a couple years now, and like um, we have relationship with each other, um, I ask them, if I came to church next week and told you guys that I was gay hypothetically, obviously, if I was gay, would you guys, you know, would you feel the same way that you do about this other kid at your school? Uh, And it kind of stopped like all of them in their tracks because um, they were like, obviously, like we wouldn't want to hate you. Like we wouldn't want to dislike you because we know you, like we've had relationship with you. We've had, you know, all of these memories and all of these things and we've gotten to know each other. and then I, I talked to them just about how important it is to have a relationship with people um, and how that changes things and how it changes our mindset. And so I think what a lot of well-meaning Christians do today uh, is the opposite of that. Because for some reason, I think there's just a huge problem with, in some ways, I think that that community, the LGBTQ community, is like a scapegoat for a lot of the church's problems and a lot of Christians problems. And that's something I think that a lot of people fear and they're, it's like a warning. They're like, you don't want to end up like this. And then they just avoid those, that, that whole culture, uh, the whole community as like as much as possible. Um, which I think is totally wrong when it comes to the gospel, because those are the people that need the gospel more, you know, not more than anybody, but just as much as anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, it was just eye-opening for myself and for also my junior hires because relationship is key in sharing the gospel for everybody. And so if we don't have relationship with people just because they believe something that we don't, how are we going to share the gospel um, in a way that's effective, in a way that's actually loving? And so I have more to do with this, but I'll stop my rant for now. But I think that's just important is uh, we're allowed to we're not allowed. We're called to have relationship with all people. Um, we don't have to affirm, you know, the wrongdoings they have, but it's the same reason as if, you know, like you guys who know me well, who are part of my accountability, if you didn't call me out on crap that I did, um, because you were, you know, too scared to do so, or 
you just stop being my friend because, oh, Connor struggles with pride sometimes or Connor struggles with lust. I don't want to have to deal with that. So we're just not going to talk about anything. We're not going to be friends. And sometimes I'll text him, you know, that <laughs> he shouldn't be doing those things, but we're not going to have an actual relationship. We're not going to have an actual friendship. Um, I'm just going to try and help him change his ways from from far back, um, you know, with the rod six feet apart, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the wrong mindset. And so <clears throat> I think Christian communities have to understand the change that needs to happen in order to actual ha- actually have um, the gospel do its work in people um, because it can't, I mean, it can happen anywhere, but it, it happens so much more when we're able to open up um, our churches and our, our homes um, and our lives to people who believe differently than us. Um, and so it's hard, but it's, that's my thoughts on it. Sorry. That was a lot. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I have a quick thought on that a quick idea and hopefully I can phrase this right. Um, I think culture as a whole defines love as like acceptance and tolerance. And so, you know, obviously as Christians, we define it differently than that. You know, it's gotta be truthful and grace filled. Um, so it doesn't mean we're going to accept like the wrong things that people are doing um, and tolerate it. Like we want people to change, to become better and grow. Um, but when culture's definition is acceptance and tolerance um, for love, and we're called to love others in relationship, then it's like, oh, so if I'm going to have a relationship with this person, I need to love this person. feels like I need to accept and tolerate what they're doing. Um, and we can't like accept and tolerate sinful behavior if they're Christians. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's where like things get confused. It's like, I can't hang out with this person and have relationship with them because that's communicating that I'm accepting and tolerating their behavior, which is not the case. Because in relationship, we don't have to accept and tolerate someone's behavior. We can be loving by being truthful and graceful and rebuking something that they shouldn't be doing, um, which is a vast number of things. Yeah. <clears throat> Allie, do you have anything to add to that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. The, man, there's there's a lot there. Um, well, first to, to kind of add to that too, uh, I think that's the, the, the biggest thing is that we've lost sight of what the definition of love is. And it's almost a, a like a trick question because the definition of love is not just one definition. There's not just one form of it. And I think there's this growing movement for the 11th commandment, uh, thou shalt be kind. And so I feel like that just kind of like trumps all of the rest because that's, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Like I even had a slight debate with someone, I think a couple of days ago about abortion because they responded to one of our posts about it and was just saying their whole side of things. And then basically like I, I said something like that's not being kind. And I was like, that's, there's multiple forms of love. And what I'm trying to do is trying to show you the truth. And like, I'm sorry if you're offended by this, but like there's, there's many ways of loving someone, not just being kind. Here's the thing though, with being offended, I think Connor, maybe you said this, maybe it was Remy. Someone said it, that it was profound. If it was great, it was me. If it wasn't, it was stupid, (laughs) it was Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I use it a lot actually. So sorry, I don't reference you guys, but being offended is a choice. And I think it's so interesting to think that in society today, people are choosing to be offended mm-hmm. um, because it's fun. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of gross because if someone says something, I get to choose how long and how deep that sits with me. That's on me. 
That's yeah. not on the person. Because people are sinful. That's their nature. And so I feel like it's become this thing where churches specifically, even schools, I've had professors at GCU, which is a private Christian school, regardless of what anyone thinks, that's what it is, that have to watch their tongue. And I'm like, why? Because right, they're afraid of getting fired. Um, but there's places like churches even that are just so worried about offending people. But like Connor said, like the gospel is supposed to be like offensive. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like that's my biggest thing is just like people are choosing to be offended. Yeah. What Christians are saying <clears throat> is not meant to offend you. It's meant to draw attention, mm -hmm. maybe to give you a wake up call. But I feel like that's like what you're saying is like you're being truthful, but they're being offended. Yeah. And they come at you with, well, aren't you supposed to be kind? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's not being mean. That's not being unkind. That's being truthful. Totally. Oh, I mean, I think it's also funny that like a lot of people are getting offended for other people nowadays. It's yeah. almost like a righteous act. Yeah. Like they feel like they're virtue signaling because they're like, no, I'm offended for you. And it's like, that was rude of them to say that to you. And if like, they're just moving on past it. It's like, dude, let them live their life. Yeah. Like focus on what you got going on. Stop trying to be offended for other people. That doesn't do any good. Um, and honestly, when you check your heart about it, it's like, maybe it's because you love them and you don't want people to hurt them. But then you must also remember too, that like, like they, that's their battle, you know, right. and we're not always supposed to take on everyone else's battles in that sense. Um, but yeah. Uh, and on top of that, being offended comes from pride. It comes from feeling that we stand on a higher ground than someone else. And so when someone attacks us, then that's where offense comes from. And so if we understand that like we're all sinners and we hold a bigger picture, a better perspective of everything, it really helps with not being offended as much, especially like uh, on a smaller scale of just like being married. Like there's things that Alyssa says to me where like I could easily get offended, but I have to choose not to be because it's like, all right, she's probably just tired because she probably just woke up from a nap or she's probably having a harder day or she probably didn't mean it against me. And even if she did, it's not her in her right heart. So like mm -hmm. choosing to to see a better perspective helps with our relationship. But when we choose to just be quick to respond to that kind of stuff and be like, I'm offended. Like, how dare you do that to me? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I forgot that you sat on such a moral high ground. Like you never hurt anybody. Right. Like that's, right. yeah, that's cool. What's up guys? Hey, so if you did not know, the Vessels podcast is brought to you by the Christian Apparel line, Ask Us Why. And if you guys did not know, Ask Us Why, honestly, I, as much as we identify as a Christian apparel line, we really try to focus, I would say about 75% of what we do as ministry. And uh, the best way that you guys can support us if you love what we do is to actually head over to our shop and to potentially buy something because all of what we receive from that honestly gets reinvested back into the company and towards the ministry of what we're doing. And so that can come through our podcast that we do with slash our emails that we send out on a weekly basis that covers topics that we talk about with additional resources for you guys to learn from. It can come from our social media and how we choose to uh, use those platforms to educate and encourage and teach. Uh, it can come from our, our website with our resource hub that comes from articles. And then honestly, we're, we're pretty stoked to announce pretty soon uh, our project 315 that we've been working on, which gets us involved with churches and with youth ministries. And so if you guys love what we're doing and you want to continue to help support us in what we're doing and be a part of this vision and this mission together, uh, we would really, really appreciate if you checked out our shop. And with that being said, we just dropped our brand new collection six. I'm wearing the hoodie right now if you're watching on our YouTube. Um, but if you're 
listen to our podcast, you can check it out on our shop at askuswhyshop.com. This hoodie's been selling out like crazy. So I would encourage you guys to check it out. It's a continuation of our Let Me Tell You a Story tee, but we have three other designs as well as our classic designs that are always, always selling out. And so if you guys wanted to check one of those things out and if you love any of our merch, then that can be a great way for you guys to support us and to be a part of the ministry. So with that being said, go and check it out. We would appreciate it. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the support that you've already given to us, even just listening to our podcast and sharing and talking about Ask This Why with other people. Um, and again, if you want to support us in other ways, that's another great way you guys can do that. But with that being said, we're going to jump back into this episode. Peace out. Yeah, I think uh, there's this one story that one of my professors showed us a video of when I was in school, like when I was in school. And I don't remember what class it was. And so I'm sorry, professor, whoever showed me this video. Um, but I was doing research yesterday and I came across the same lady and I remembered it. And I was like, this was like crazy to me, like at that time. And so I'm glad that I came across it. But the lady's name is Rosaria Butterfield. Really Butterfield. interesting name. That's probably why you remembered her. <laughs> um, Look her up because so her story is crazy. She used to be an openly lesbian feminist. Yeah. And she was a professor at Syracuse, I think. Uh, I forget what she taught. Um, but she was going to write a book about why like religious people are so rude sometimes. Like that was like like the religious right. She wanted to write a book about why religious people are so mean sometimes. Um, and that she got like a bunch of attention for it, obviously. And she got a letter from a head pastor at a, a church in that area mm-hmm. inviting her to dinner, like at their house, like with him and his wife. Um, and she says like in the video that she was just going so that she could like have information from them. She didn't want to actually go to the dinner. She just wanted to like have um, stuff for her book. And so she went to the dinner with this pastor um and his wife at their house and um she talked about how she she kept going to dinner like every week and how um the way that they showed hospitality um showed her the embodiment the embodiment of the gospel and what it truly was um and how they didn't just want to preach the gospel to her and make her feel bad about you know who she was um which was crazy to me because now she she's like converted. She's a Christian. And um, I saw an article on Desiring God, like from her. That's how I remember this whole thing, which is crazy to me. Um, but she talks about um, what we were talking about earlier, about offense um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and one thing she says is, no matter how lost someone appears, we know where there is life and hope. We know that the gospel comes with offense. And while we do not relish offending anyone, we understand that gospel offense pricks hearts and minds in order to draw sinners to Christ. The offense of the gospel is our wake-up call to reality. Um, and when we live unashamed of the gospel, we apply God's appointed means of grace with consistency and intensity. And so she pretty much talks about how um, she wrote a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. I think it's the title of that. Um, and I this just like changed my whole perspective on this because I think in this specific topic, but in, in many, uh, that are like this, 
the like nature of a lot of Christians is to just keep that out of your home. <laughs> like just keep all the bad things out. <laughs> We're just going to have this be a protected space, um, which in a way is good. Like you don't want sin in your life, obviously. Um, but you can't cut yourself off from people who need the, the life that you have. Um, and it's like putting, putting a, a bowl over the lamp. Um, like the Bible talks about, um, in how you can't hide a city on a hill. And so I think in this specific, uh, situation, in this specific topic, that's what a lot of people do is they try and hide (laughs) the light that, that they've been given, um, in the gospel, um, because they don't want to, you know, be around that kind of people. Um, which is crazy to me because there's so many people who love to do, you know, evangelism, love to do mission work. Um, and then when it comes to like, you know, gay people or, um, people who believe something like this, they're like, Oh, that's tough. I'm gonna take a day off. (laughs) And it's like, what are we doing? Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, she says, um, in the interview that the foundational, um, aspect to our, our beliefs as Christians, um, is hospitality. And I think it's that invitation into a life that we know is is the true like get life that we 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 are given by Christ the life that only gives life, um, and it's the invitation to that 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 can start with in, inviting people into your life into your home, um, and it creates a space that you know isn't judgmental, um, but it can be convicting. The Holy Spirit works in those ways, and I think we can we confuse those two things of judge, judgment and conviction. Um, but I think when we we're able to understand um, that in, the worst thing we can do is cut ourselves off completely um, from people who need the light of the gospel just because something scares us or confuses us. Um, and I'm not in any way saying that we affirm, you know, the things they believe or the things they do uh, that are sinful because they're sinful things. But I also know that for some reason, a lot of Christians put like, oh, if you have gay thoughts or if you struggle with these certain um, things, these lustful thoughts, these things, somehow those are immensely, you know, worse on a sin scale than any of the other things that most Christians struggle with, Um, which is crazy because God sees all sin the same and they all disqualify you from from eternal life before you know Jesus. Um, And so it's just this whole taboo, Christian thing that the church has not done a good job of dealing with or teaching um, Christians and disciples how to actually deal with this. Um, and I think everybody should definitely look up this this girl, uh, this lady, because <clears throat> she's a, a literally a, a living story of of how this the gospel can transform this specific situation um, if people are able to be hospitable to everyone um, and to open um, their houses and their lives to the the stranger, the foreigner, um, and the people that don't believe the same things as, a, as us, which is, I think, a foundational part to the gospel. Um, because how are you going to encounter people um, with the gospel if you're not around them at all, if you're not inviting them into a life that is different from their own? So that's my rant number two. I'm not done. <laughs> 
Go, go, go. <laughs> Alley supporter. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's also a lot there. All great stuff. Um, I'm just trying to think of where to go. There's two different can, avenues. I go ahead. Add some stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, Get Christian on the mic. Yeah. So when when we as Christians like engage in community or relationship with someone who's gay, I think it's important to to like make make a couple things really clear. So there's there's from what I've heard, there's there's three different aspects of you know being gay, and it's it's definitely like a a trigger word. It's a very emotionally provocative word, um, but it's important to break it down into three things. The first part would be like. A, a desire for, for the same sex. Um, and that in and of itself is not sinful um, because we can have, we can be married and have a desire for someone of the opposite sex who's not our wife. That is sinful um, if we act on that desire, but the desire itself is not sinful. Um, there's the identity and orientation part of being gay. Um, and this is like where you say being gay is who I am. This is my community. This is my identity. Um, that's, that's kind of a difficult subject to like, it's hard to say like, mm, that's inherently like sinful. Um, but you're definitely treading on, uh, the nice. And then the action itself of being engaged, who are we having sex with is of the same sex. Um, that is very clear in the Bible, um, that it is a sin. Um, and it's very much so. Like the, there's there's a question, you know, can I be Christian and be gay? And so, you know, the first aspect of that, the desire, yes, you can be a Christian and be gay. If you're saying, can I be Christian and be sexually active with people other than my wife or husband? No. And so that's the question that you need to really be asking in regards to that. Can I be a Christian and be gay? It's, can I be a Christian and be sexually active? Because it's not about like if it's a homosexual or hetero, heterosexual act. It's about, is this out of wedlock? And is this, you know, according to God's desire and his plan for like how we are created? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> and then the third one, the act itself. Yeah, I think uh, kind of to bring it back just for a second for us to better understand this whole concept of homosexuality, because we obviously know in the Bible that it's wrong, right? But there is a vast growing movement of people trying to debunk every aspect of the bible that talks about this and it kind of goes back i think uh it was a couple weeks ago that connor was like if you have a revelation that you have discovered now that no one else has in the last two thousand years you're obviously wrong <laughs> like there's no way that we've had it wrong for this long like that's just that's like that's the reality of it like, we have people that have studied the scriptures we understand what the scriptures mean and we've always interpreted it the same way but when you allow cultural like influences to to dictate how you decide to um, interpret something, it changes that. And so that's where <clears throat> I mean, like I got a list right here of just different verses that talk about where it's wrong. And we have First Corinthians six nine, which talks about like, um, and, and it's a long list. It's not just uh, people who um, uh, practice sexual homosexuality, but it, it's that they will not inherit the kingdom. We have Leviticus eighteen twenty two, Leviticus twenty thirteen, which both have to do with um, homosexual acts. Uh, Romans one twenty six through twenty seven, First Timothy one ten, and then we also have in uh, the Gospels uh, Matthew chapter nineteen and Mark ten six through nine, and there's other places as well. Um, but what's crazy to me is is I was looking up 
when you when you want to look up verses on a topic, I don't know if you guys do this too. I literally just go verses on blank because <laughs> I, I I'll 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 see what they have and see what yeah. they do, and then I'll go read the full chapter and, and learn more about it. Because sometimes you'll read a verse you're like that literally had nothing to do with it, but then if you go read the chapter, you're like, ah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked this up, the first twenty results from Google were all sources saying how the Bible is wrong, how the Bible really is not being interpreted the right way, how it's wrong to judge someone that's being gay and how it is not biblical, not loving, all these things. I kid you not, I had to go to page two of Google and go to the very bottom just to find open Bible. Like, I think it's .org or .com, but it's the one where it literally just shows you verses on it. Like, it's crazy to me how the world is trying so hard to influence the church to be like, be okay with this idea, be okay with this idea and trying to push it because Google controls all of it. doesn't matter how much ad spend you spend on this. Like every single one of those things on there was trying to counter the gospel. And that's why one, like you have to be really careful about where you go for your sources. And two, that's why we're really passionate about wanting to ask us why to be that is because we believe in a, like a Bible believing theology that like we believe that all of scripture is true. All of it is um, inerrant, that it is inspired by God and that that's has, that has to be our source of truth because I think we brought this up last week, but that if we decide that we want to translate the Bible differently and make it say something else that we don't want it to say and we don't believe it's all inspired by God, then it just becomes another book on the shelf. You can go to any other book that you want to read about this topic and you can go pick it apart and talk about it however you want because it's not inspired by God anymore. It's just man writing it. And so then it's about culture. Then it's about the time frame. And so for... Uh, us specifically, like in the body of believers, we're in this really weird space right now. Like for a lot of younger high schoolers, they're growing up into a culture where it is now a growing acceptance of the gay community in a sense where they affirm it now, where they're just like, no, I feel like it's okay. I remember when we were at at uh, church camp, the pastor on stage mentioned it and there was a group of girls and guys, whatever, in like a, a corner of, I don't know if you remember this, but a ton of them started cheering when it when they said that. And the pastor was like, no, 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 we don't talk about this. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny, but like, that's just how it is right now. And that's what we're experiencing. And so that's what makes it so hard is it's like, what does the Bible actually say? I hear people saying that that's not true anymore, that that's being taken out of context, that like, you know, what we understand today is different homosexuality than the homosexuality of the Bible. The ones in the Bible have to do with um, uh, prostitution. It has to do with, you know, uh, infidelity. Power dynamics. <clears throat> Sorry, not infidelity. I don't know why I said that. No, infidelity. I was thinking infertility. And I was like, that's just Infertility. Infertility. Hmm. Um, it has to do with, uh, like, uh, heterosexual like uh excess meaning that like they're they're going beyond it has to do with or they're going beyond just like uh the limitations of like females and now they're like no i need to find someone else it's like no we understand it differently today so my question to you guys as we kind of just like dive into that real quickly is what are some of like the arguments you guys hear today for why people would justify homosexuality in the bible i think like i might have said this before as well but i think Somehow, if you're in a Christian community, or even if there's a non-believer trying to talk to you about this situation, about this subject, you can't, you, in, in some ways, you can't like separate the two things now, because um, if you say that like homosexuality is wrong, then 
people automatically assume <clears throat> uh, that you're like being hateful towards them or that the Bible is wrong. Um, and so for some reason, those things are mixed now, um, which we shouldn't necessarily be surprised about. People um, don't understand scripture if they're not a believer because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Um, and so that shouldn't surprise us. But what surprises me is how well, like brothers and sisters in Christ, um, who have the Holy Spirit in them are, are, are ashamed of what the gospel says because they believe, uh, that tolerance of this subject and tolerance of, of people, um, and, and this sin is, is better, um, in a way, I think, I think they believe that if, if they show them love in this way, um, and I, I say love in quotation marks, um, if they show that they affirm them in this way, that they'll hopefully come to Christ, <laughs> like through that, which mm-hmm. I think is obviously <clears throat> wrong. Um, you can't affirm somebody's sin <laughs> and expect them to change because of that. Um, like I wouldn't want you guys, if I was sinning in pride or in lust, for you to be like, we love that that thing you're doing, guy. Like, good job, keep it up. And it's like, I think it's it's because these things are mixed with identity, um, and people get like, I, I if I'm gay, like that's my identity. Um, so would you say that's like along the lines of saying that I'm born this way? I think it goes both ways because I think a couple years ago it was like, <clears throat> I mean, some people believe this still now, but it's it was like I am I was born gay. I don't have yeah. a choice in this. But then now it's also like. I can choose to be a boy or a girl. I can choose to be what I want. So it's just all over the place now, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's so many, so many ways that this comes up. Um, and I do think um, that there, there is a right way to handle this as a Christian. And many people are choosing the wrong way to handle this, either because they're afraid um, or because they don't know how to handle it. Um, and, I think the foundational thing that as Christians you should do is is be in a relationship with these people. But if they ask, um, if they ask if you think it's wrong, yes, I think it's a sin. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't be in a relationship with them. It just means you mm-hmm. don't affirm what they're doing because you would expect the same thing from one of your close friends to do to you yeah. with any other sin, literally any other sin. I don't know why we make this so different than any other sin. Um I understand why it's more relevant today and it's something that more people struggle with. Um, but I think the way that church and Christians are treating it differently is why there's so many problems around this. Um, like there's there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, treat this one sin differently than any other way <laughs> that I've taught yeah. you to treat this, <clears throat> besides obviously flee from sexual immorality. And, you know, the sin against your own body is different than any other sin. Um but it's not like we we change love to look different because of this specific sin, which yeah. is what's happening and why it's frustrating. Well, I think it was because the the church we failed so horribly in the seventies and eighties and nineties with like the retaliation against homosexuality, and we made it such a big deal on our side, being like you're going to hell and like AIDS is the punishment of God and all these things where it was nowhere near loving and it treated it like it was a different sin from everything else where it's set on a pedestal of everything. And so I think that that's where we failed miserably, but that, I think that's what drew this movement partially is because if it, it was just if it was just like, all right, you know, do your thing, like, hey, like 
we, you know, being if we were a mature church, we would have been like, hey, like, you know, it's just like any other sin. But we want to encourage you not to live in that because we're called to die to our flesh and to our desires. Um, we affirm you as as a human being, but we don't affirm that sin in your life. But we still welcome you to church. They would just be like, oh, OK. All right. But like nowadays, it's like we got to march and we got to stand and we got to get every company on our side because it seems like there is there is a a movement against us. And so it seems like a war, like a culture war. You know what I'm saying? Allie, what you got? Oh, Connor kind of went on a little long, so I kind of lost where my thing was. <laughs> yeah, this is Connor's episode. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't think I've spoken more than like five words. Go, we got it. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you have my permission. <laughs> um, but I was just going to say, going off of what you said, Rami, with like the girls at church camp that like clapped. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's my opinion is what we as like believers get wrong is the affirming and the loving. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm a big affirmer. I love to validate. That's like my whole career, my whole freaking my degree in psychology is to affirm sinners, is to affirm people that have messed up. Um, but I, it literally as Christians, like we are commanded to love and that doesn't mean we excuse the sinful behavior, but it does mean that we listen, understand and sacrifice our own comfort and preconceived ideas to represent Christ well. Um, but like with that example, like I think of like Jesus, (laughs) he didn't walk with prostitutes and clap with them. He wasn't like, look how amazing you're doing it, miss girl, work it. That's not what he did. (laughs) He offered them truth in life. Um, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to clap for our fellow brothers and sisters that are stuck in sin. Yeah. But that's what we're doing. And I think it's even worse to not talk about it because that's that's worse. I feel like even like being silent. Silence is violence. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's what we get wrong is we get so caught up. And I find myself doing it too. Like I'm calling myself out here of like clapping for those that are sinning because we're too afraid to instead of clapping, call them out. Yeah. And be like, hey, like, I still love you, but what you're doing is a sin. And that's mm. a problem. Um, I'm a sinful person, too. My sin is different than your sin. Um, and walking them like Jesus walked with us. Um, not in it, like we stay in it, but with truth and life in hand, um, which is the word of God. Hello. But um, that was just what I wanted to say. No, love it. No, 100%. Connor spoke for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, a couple more arguments for you guys. I just want to pick your brains real quick. Uh, another huge one out there is this idea that love is love, right? How do you, how do you combat that? Wait, wait. Oh, Allie's got some. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait. It's like those, uh, crosswalk things. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> um, I had like Proverbs pulled up, which tells us like the things that God hates. Or like the Lord hates mm, the seven abominable, yes, 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 yes. abominable, uh, abominable, the abominable snowman. But- <laughs> <laughs> what, is, um, what is the guy from from uh, uh, Monsters Inc. say? Oh. So, is it like does he say like Wisconsin or something? Like welcome to Wisconsin, Ooh, Wisconsin. <laughs> you remember that yes. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the snow guy? Yeah. Anywho, would you like a snow cone? <laughs> oh, oh, the guitar. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Anywho, um, so Proverbs talks about that, but then like below it, um, I read an article that says, this does not mean, however, that the Bible 
um, approves as homosexuality, even though it's not one of the things that he hates. Um, it says the Bible consistently tells us that homosexuality is a sin. Leviticus 18.22 has like Romans 1.26-27, 1 Corinthians 6.9. Um, but Romans 1, 26 to 27 teaches explicitly that homosexuality is a result of a continual rebellion against God. And I feel like, like you said, Remy, like you Google anything and it'll be like, why the Bible hates gay people. And you're like, wait, what? whoa, 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 back that up, back that up. <laughs> like, yeah. Nowhere in the Bible to say, it up, it up. we hate gays. Gay people suck. Hate the gays. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not, hate the gays. that's not in there. I haven't read through numbers entirely, so it could be in there, but... It's not in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let but, me clarify. <laughs> the numbers of sheep singing. But I feel like when people say love is love, it comes back to, like, people have... They've created, like like you said, there's not really one definition. Um, but I would say that there are people are taking love and being like, oh, I can... And I think you can love a fellow male or a fellow female. You can. You should. You should love everyone. But I think that's just so funny that people confuse like love and sexual immorality yeah. as the same. That's not the same thing. Um, that's why that phrase has always made me giggle because I'm like, yeah, love is love. Mm-hmm. You should love your brother and your sister. You should do that. Um, but then if you want to have sex with them, that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's a different kind of love. <laughs> I love lamp. No, you, you can't. You can't love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to uh, finish this one off. The cart is full over here. Is it really? Yeah. Really? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's depressing. You also have to go. I do have to go. Well, hold on a second. Throw that card in there. Do you know how to do that? I don't. Uh, it's on the right side. <clears throat> it's just like a little pull thing and then it pops open. Um, well, so I will add to that real quick that uh, just real briefly for, for those that are listening. So love is love, right? This argument that like, hey, like it's just love. It's the same thing that you have because that's the idea, right? Is it's a, It's the a monogamous, committed, loving, serving relationship that seems almost identical to that of a male and a female, but it's with a male and a male or a female right. and a female. Right. And so they'll come from it from at like that argument point. Um, but again, the, the idea is not that somehow in the, uh, you know, ancient world they didn't understand what that kind of relationship looked like. And that's one of the arguments they'll use today. They'll use today is they'll say, Oh, the under what we understand as homosexual relationships today is different from that of uh, the the olden times, right? right. Um, and it's just not true. There's many, many uh, ancient literatures that talk about uh, monogamous homosexual relationships that that happen, and so that that's just a lie. It's a myth, and so when you look into it, it's it's just not true. Um, but going back to even just the love is love thing, it's like, well, if you say love is love, then what if I, a 50-year-old man, want to have relations with a six-year-old boy because love is love, right? It seems like the only the only thing that's immoral nowadays is consent. Like that's that's the bar that we've set now for the sacredness of sex that God created is like, do they consent into it? And what if a boy's like, sure, I don't know. He wants to give me 50 bucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, if you get to that point, then what about animals? Yeah. Love is love, right? But why can't I do that? And and then that's where like we don't have a moral ground anymore because if we're gonna say, well, I didn't really say that in the Bible. It's like technically it only talks about bestiality like once or twice. You know what else isn't in the Bible? Air conditioning. Do you think we shouldn't have air conditioning? <laughs> I would argue strongly against that because it's hot as balls here. <laughs> so that's a dumb freaking argument. Great argument. The Bible. <laughs> um yeah, and then well, I mean on top of that, people will say that Jesus didn't talk about it. He'd be like, Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality. It's like, well, 
Jesus didn't talk about beating children. Should we just do that? <laughs> Did Jesus didn't talk about pedophilia? Should we allow that to happen? It's like Jesus is God. Jesus is all of scripture, not just what he said there. And even at that point, he that's not everything he said <laughs> on earth. It's not like after like he finished a chapter, Jesus just stopped talking. <laughs> And then just walked into he the next He had a voice village. memo uh, on, his, on his phone. He That's just the only puts way it talk. in his pocket. No, just who knows? Who knows if Jesus did or did not talk about this? But he did talk about marriage. And marriage is the epicenter of this because that's what the biggest debate is about. I mean, one, we should all agree that sexual relations before marriage is wrong, um, which would also do with uh, like uh, heterosexual relationships as well. Like we don't, we don't get a pass on this because I'm sure it's not going to call people out for living together before marriage and having sex before marriage, like just as much as someone who's living a homosexual life. Like there is no, you don't get a get out of jail free card just because you're not gay. Just because you're half right. Right. That's not and so um, like when it comes to, uh, why did I just lose my thought? What was I just saying? Calling people out. Oh, Jesus well, doesn't say it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, he talks about marriage, which is obviously like, like I was saying, the epicenter of everything. And yeah. so um, living in that sin before marriage is obviously a sin that we all need to agree. Because even maybe like homosexuals say nowadays, like, yeah, like we should wait till marriage. What? Okay. But when you're in marriage, like that's, that's the, that's what God created. That's what he designed. We see that in Genesis one. We see that in Genesis two. We see that in Matthew 19. We see that in Mark 10. We see it all over scripture where we talk about marriage and how sacred it is and how we need to protect that. And so, you know, to say that Jesus didn't talk about it does not give the excuse to now live in it because we're just trying to find loopholes at this point. We're trying to find a way around it. We're trying to figure out, Oh, how can I, how can I make this work for my agenda? So we twist things and we take them out of context. And so it moves into this direction of, well, maybe we just don't, maybe we just don't like agree with the Bible anymore, even if it does say it. And so that's where it can become dangerous. And so we've kind of talked about, you know, uh, even just like how to address it with people. And so I think we kind of already touched into that topic of like, what's a loving way that we can talk with people about it. Um, and how can we kind of address this situation and understand it from like a biblical standpoint. But I think that, uh, we just want to encourage all that are listening that, yeah, absolutely. Like there's <clears throat> so many sins out there and we don't get to just like single out some of them to be way more important than others. Obviously, some might be more prevalent in society. And so we might need to call some of those things out. But I mean, like, for instance, like, you know, if if that's the case, then we, I don't know, culture screwed up <laughs> if we decide to ignore um everything else. And so that's where I think that there can be like an argument against us too, saying just like, yeah, well you, you guys are committing adultery with your, you know, your spouses with other people and stuff. And like, you guys care more about me being gay than that. And it's, it's a whole thing. But, um, I think the biggest encouragement is that when we, when we stray away from this concept of, you know, understanding the Bible and what it says about it, and we start to make claims about, well, I'm born this way, which, by the way, if if you believe you're born this way, one, science has never proven it. They've done multiple, multiple studies. There's no gene. There's nothing that proves that you were born being gay. Um, and even if it does, that doesn't mean that it's now okay because it's natural. What if I'm born with an inclination to murder? Like, y'all seen Dexter? <laughs> like, it doesn't give you a reason to now sin because it's natural to you. Like, scripture clearly points out 
that the whole purpose of becoming a Christian is to die to ourselves, which means that old life, whatever you were born as is gone and the new has come. So the argument doesn't even get a stand anymore that you were born this way. To now claim it's your identity and that's who you are is, like Christian was saying, a very slippery slope because one, our identity is found in Christ and it just leads to ruin when we find it in something that's temporary that can change. I mean, it seems nowadays that people are gay and then they're homosexual or I mean, that's the same thing <laughs> or they're heterosexual and then they're bisexual and then they're trans and it's just all it's and it's an opinion. It changes every day. It just depends on what the world wants to influence you in which direction. And so it's a very thin line. Um, but we are called more than anything as believers to cling to scripture and understand truth. And if we lose sight of that because we're afraid of offending people or afraid of what the world might say against us, we lose everything because that is that is the 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 foundation that we live on is scripture and what God's truth is. And when we start to twist it for our own agenda and what we want to accomplish, we run a very very thin line that leads to destruction. It can also lead to like not having salvation, which is very scary because if we don't believe in Jesus's words and what he says and we decide we want to do things differently, then you worship a different god. And that's where we have to be very careful because people will claim to be Christian and I would vouch that they're not. (laughs) I mean, it's hard. It's a hard topic. And obviously it's not going to be the most joyful one, but like I love, like we as like the church need to love better these people. And like, there is a right way to do it. And I think that we had the extreme for so many years and decades on the one side of just absolutely obliterating them and just whatever we could to just, you know, I mean, there was, there was people and it still happens in other countries. Like we were saying, like where you get killed for it, you get beat up for it because that's how you are and stuff. And that's on the extreme side of being like, this is not how to handle it. And now we've jumped to the other extreme where it's like, now we need to accept it. You need to mend the wrong that we've done in the past, but we need to find the middle ground where we come to love them and accept them as a person and welcome them into the church. But remember that like, just because you're welcomed in a church doesn't mean that like, God's not going to try and change you. Like the Holy Spirit is change. So like if you receive the Holy Spirit, it's going to change who you are to become more like Christ. And so like we don't get to play God and say, nah, you're good. You can just keep doing that thing. Like forget about what scripture says. That's not relevant anymore. That's outdated. Now we've already debunked that stuff. Like you just keep doing what you're doing. Like it's so dangerous. And we need to remember that we can find that middle ground. We can love them well and as well call them out for things that are wrong because once they are a believer and like they're in the body of Christ, then that is our role, right? First Corinthians five. But if we uh, miss that and we think that oh, I'm going to offend them stuff, it's like we need to remember that there is a much bigger guy in the sky that holds our eternity in our hand. And I would be more concerned about his thoughts about me than about the guy next to me who I might not see in a couple years because we move on or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all temporal, but God is eternal and that's what we need to focus on. So Anyways, that's a lot. I know we didn't get to talk about everything. Christian, do you have anything you want to end off with? I know you didn't get to talk as much on this one. Same with you, Allie. Um, yeah, it's just really sad how, I'll try to keep it really short, how um, church culture um, and how we've handled it can make a boyfriend and girlfriend who are messing around in the bed um, not feel guilty when they come to church, but then a guy who's just attracted to men or grows attracted to women um, without acting upon that can feel guilty and shameful just for having those desires. Um, That's really sad. And um, we don't want to make light of um, that 
you know, that shortcoming of the church. Um, and uh, we just want to invite you to, um, you know, just continue to dive into God's word um, and into community and fellowship um, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And just to emphasize one of the points Christian made is that if you struggle with thoughts of being gay um, and being attracted to the same sex, like that does not make you a sinner and that's not your identity. And that's like, that doesn't like, again, doesn't make you a sinner. Like we all struggle with thoughts and we've all struggled with temptations. Um, it's, it's about how we choose to act on those thoughts that really matters. And so if you struggle with that stuff, like know that, like that you're, you're not living in this sin and you're stuck. Like there's, there's obviously going to be battles that are harder for some people that are not as hard for others. And that's just how life is. Um, but it's the behavior that matters more than anything. And that's where we have to be really careful with walking the line with how we choose to respond to those thoughts. So just a big thought with that is that we don't, we don't see it as like, Oh, you have gay thoughts. Oh, you're gay. And now like you're a sinner because there's plenty of people who understand that that's their inclination more than anything. And they don't have that desire to the opposite sex. And they've chosen to just be single and to live their life for the kingdom of God. And, um, that's okay. And they're not living in sin because it's all about, again, the choice. So yeah. Anything else? No, no. (laughs) Allie's word of the day. No, No. she's going to say that everywhere. Do you want anything else for that order? No. Well, anyways, we love you guys. Thanks for being with us on this topic. Again, if you have any complaints, arguments, or just want to lash out, you can just email me at conormadea at gmail.com. Um, just think of who has that email. They're just What? Just think about someone actually has that email. I'm sure it's going to come at some point. I'm sure we're going to say something dumb. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, we no one has that email I say email something address. dumb every time. Yeah, Connor has that. Okay. Connormadea at gmail.com. Who is that guy? He sounds like an idiot. That's not his email address. Yeah, it is. We made it for him. His Gmail, we made it, it for him. That? Babe, I have more than one email address. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he has he has a hotmail email. Babe, why are you keeping <laughs> secrets? Uh-oh. 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 Well, anyways, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. If you got a topic you guys want us to talk about, holla at your boys and girl. And uh, make sure and girl. <laughs> sign up to the newsletter, sign up to our newsletter because we talk about it uh, in depth every week. You can learn more about it from us. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube so you can watch when we goon around. Make sure you guys are listening and following us on our social medias and ask us why with two whys for I think like everything, honestly. Um, and then outside of that, uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the Vessels podcast. And we'll catch y'all in the next episode. Shay Ladder. Allie, say bye. Bye. Bye.